Hi, survivors and thrivers. Welcome to episode one of the Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and this is just going to be an introduction to me and what this podcast is all about. Full disclosure, I am recording after a much-needed therapy session. I have breakthroughs almost daily about what I've been through with the narcissist in my life, possibly narcissists, plural, which I am also learning about. Um, I am slowly but surely coming to the conclusion that for a lot of my life, I have dealt with narcissists and that I've never really had the tools or coping skills to know how to spot these types of people and really what to do about it when you know or learn that there is a narcissist in your life. And just a little bit about me. The narcissist who opened up my eyes to what narcissistic abuse is, is my ex-husband. And I was married to him for about three years. We had a child together, and I now have our child 100% of the time. I don't receive child support from my ex. I chose to waive his obligation to pay child support in order to just have custody of my child and not have to deal with my ex anymore. And um, really, it's been about a year and a half since I learned who I was married to. And I have been in therapy and learning a lot. And I really wanted to try to pass on some of that knowledge and maybe teach somebody out there uh, what narcissism is, how to spot it, how to deal with it, and if you are already in it, how to get away from it. I'm no expert, so in this podcast, I will have guests come on. I've already lined up a couple of interviews with people who I think can bring a lot to the discussion about what narcissistic abuse is, what it can really do. It can do a lot of damage, and a lot of people don't even know what narcissistic abuse even means. So I really want this podcast to become a tool for anybody stuck in a toxic, narcissistic relationship. Um, It's important to me to turn some of my trauma and my pain into something positive. I have always said, really even since I started having problems in my marriage, that I was at least grateful to have my son. He has been such a beautiful product of something that was really not great for me. But I would go through it all again because being in the relationship that I was in helped me learn a lot about myself, a lot about the types of people that I attract and the types of people I want to attract because I'm learning that there's a big difference. And I'm also learning that boundaries are very difficult to build. And if you go into a relationship without them, 
They're incredibly difficult to bring into a relationship or rebuild for yourself after you're out of that relationship. And I hope that in this podcast, you find some validation, some comfort, and I hope you also find some tools to deal with the person in your life or persons in your life who are not serving you. Because if you're here, if you clicked on something called the Narcissism Podcast, I'm guessing that you have been dealing with something really difficult that not a lot of people can understand unless they have been through that thing. So I'm going to just spend a short period of time, I'm going to try to keep it about 15 to 20 minutes, telling you about my story. And I'm just going to also guide you to check out another podcast I was on talking about this relationship. And that podcast is called Golden Hour with my good friend, Kimmy Cantrell. You can find that on Spotify. And from what I'm told, you can find it on a lot of other streaming platforms. But she had me on to her podcast to talk about my journey And her podcast format is fairly brief. It's about an hour episode. And while it did give a lot of insight into my situation and it felt really great to talk about, I think there is so much more to dive into, especially for women of my age, possibly women with children. I'm 28, about to be 29 years old in about five days. And I've noticed in my research and my own podcast and documentary absorption about this topic that women seem to be the target for this type of abuse more than men. And I'm not sure why that is yet. And I'm hoping that some of the women and men that I'll have on the show can give us some insight into why that is. But my own theory is that narcissists target empaths empathic people. Women tend to be very empathic. We have it in our nature usually to be nurturing and to fix situations and to be comforting. And narcissists thrive on people who are willing to go above and beyond to make peace. Whether or not you caused the situation that is stressful If you are in a relationship with a narcissist, whether it be a parent, a friend, or a loved one, an intimate relationship, you are probably going to be put in a situation or multiple situations where you are expected to fix whatever it is that's going on. And I didn't realize that I was being lured into this kind of relationship because I didn't know anything about narcissism before I started dating this person. Ironically, his mom wrote a book on being a narcissist, and she, as you can guess, is a narcissist. (laughs) She just thinks that she's not. So first, I really want to just go through the steps of narcissistic abuse. And the first step is love bombing. Love bombing is very confusing. This happens when the person is trying to rope you in to get you hooked on them. 
to put you up on a pedestal and make you feel like you are the cream of the crop and you hang the moon and the stars for this person. And if you don't have a lot of self-love, you will see love bombing as a privilege, as maybe a rare event in your life where somebody is praising you. And it's going to feel like a drug. It's going to be an emotional that is almost better than drugs. And a lot of times the words that narcissists will use when they're trying to get you into a relationship are words like soulmate and love and bonded and future. And they will say these words to you very quickly, maybe two days into your relationship, maybe two years into a relationship that was never like this. And they're trying to rope you into something new that they need. In my case, uh, I was with my narcissist for about two weeks before he was telling me that I was his soulmate and that he loved me. And it was actually really our first date. Uh, So the first week of our relationship that I should have seen some red flags with the things that he was saying to me. And it's scary to look back and see the red flags so clearly. And I hope that perhaps I can, in another episode guide you a little bit on how to recognize these things when they're happening and how to work around them and get away from them. So after love bombing or the idolation phase of narcissistic abuse comes the devalue stage. And the devalue stage is once they feel like they have you up on a pedestal and like you believe them, you believe how much they love you. Perhaps you've already said that you love them too. And they've roped you into this relationship, whether it be living with them or marrying them, having a child with them. uh, If it's a parent, possibly doing something that you're uncomfortable with, whatever it may be. The discard or excuse me, the devaluing phase of the abuse is one of the most painful, in my opinion, even more painful than the discard phase because the devaluing phase happens gradually and it happens subtly. And these are two of the things you will hear so often uh, when you are speaking to survivors about narcissism and the abuse that they suffered, they'll say it was so subtle. I didn't even realize that, you know, they were doing it. And it happened over such a long period of time, years and years of, of this cycle that I didn't know how to get out of. And that to me is one of the scariest parts because it takes time. It takes time to mentally abuse somebody. Physical abuse is quick and obvious. Mental abuse, uh, mental abuse is slow and it's sneaky and the victims of abuse especially narcissistic abuse are often unaware that the devaluing stage has begun 
something in your gut may be telling you that it's happening. You'll kind of push against what they're saying. You'll wonder why their opinion of you has changed and think that you've done something wrong. But it is a game to the narcissist, which makes it very, very difficult to understand. When you express your concerns about what they're saying to you, you've turned into the dramatic one, the jealous one. I was always told that my that war ran through my blood and I was just made in chaos, which I thought, that's not true. All of my friends would tell you that I hate drama. I don't like to fight. I hate confrontation. I'm a Libra. I like balance and peace. But my abuser, over time, made me believe that I could not function in a relationship without chaos, that that was something that I needed to feel love. A year out from this relationship and in another relationship, I find myself not fighting with my significant other, not being that drama seeker or accused of it when I bring up an issue. And that's because the person I'm dating now is not a narcissist. During the devaluing stage, especially once you've tried to confront this person and tell them what they're doing, they will make excuses. They will dodge. They will twist their words. They will lack any kind of accountability. And they are managing or attempting to manage your emotional well-being. That is the goal of the narcissist, to manage your emotional well-being. And I want you guys to remember that the only person who should be managing your emotional well-being is you. In my case, the devalue happened very, very slowly. And it happened without any kind of obviousness. In my case, I got married to my narcissist. And up until the day we got married, I was on the pedestal. I was the idolized one, the one that hung the moon and the stars. And as we progressed into our marriage, and faced issues that people do in marriage, I realized that I was bringing a lot more to the table than he was financially, emotionally. Uh, and when I brought this to his attention, I was told that I was overreacting and that I had agreed to be the one that was working while he pursued other goals. And my words were used against me. And that's a lot of the devaluing stage, is that your words are used against you. During the idealized stage, the narcissist is going to learn about what makes you tick, what you love, what you don't love. They'll ask you really intense questions. They'll disclose intense things about themselves. During the devalue phase, they're going to use all of that against you. They're going to take your weaknesses and your strengths and find a way to make you feel lesser. To make you feel like you're the problem. And I'm here to tell you that you're not. 
The third stage of narcissistic abuse is the discard stage. And a lot of victims discover or experience this stage really suddenly. Um, A lot of stories I've heard say it just happened overnight that the person started ghosting them or, oh, I, you know, I paid this thing that they asked me to. And once it was paid, they were gone. Or we were speaking of having, you know, children together and we wanted to have this family. And then after we had our first child, he was gone. And that was my case. Or I got this job and I was told that once I got this job, this would happen. And I got the job and then nothing happened. This discard stage is painful. But like I said, the devaluing stage is almost more painful because the devalue stage is very, very gradual. The goal of the discard stage is to ruin you. And to put you in a place in your life that makes you feel the way the narcissist always feels, deep down. And the narcissist deep down feels like they do not have any self-worth, that they do not have anything to offer. And the narcissist's goal is to make you feel like you are the same. Like you are worthless. You are the problem. You have nothing to offer. And I'm here to tell you that they're wrong. The narcissist will try to erode your self-esteem and can even change your personality completely. And that is what happened to me. At the end of my relationship, I found myself without any kind of self-love, without hardly any friends, The friends that had stuck by me through this relationship were very concerned and they were friends with the shell of a person. My entire life was dedicated to making sure my narcissist was okay, to making sure he was taken care of, to keeping the peace. I was always walking on eggshells with him. And I thought that there was something wrong with me because he, again, would always say that I was just ready for war, that I was ready for chaos. And I just never understood why we had so many problems that never seemed to be fully fixed. The combination of verbal abuse, emotional manipulation, Campaigns of fear and lies and threats against you will make you feel like you're going crazy and will make you feel hopeless. And that's how I felt at the end of my almost four-year relationship. But a year out, I'm here to tell you that if you have the right tools in your toolbox and the right support system, that you can get out, that you can leave this cycle and gain your sanity back. One in 25 people are narcissistic, but that means that 24 of those 25 people are completely normal, as normal as a human can be with all of our flaws. 
this podcast is meant to be a tool, a safe space, a guide, and comfort for anyone out there who thinks that narcissistic abuse isn't real or is in your head. It's not. It's not in your head and it is very real. I'm going to dive deeper into my story in a future episode. I'm sure as I do interviews with people that more parts of my story will come out, especially as I find topics to relate to them on. But every narcissist is a little bit different. Every story and experience is a little bit different. And I want this podcast to honor those who have stories to tell and who have advice for the men and women who find themselves dealing, especially with women, dealing with narcissistic people. And I hope that you come back and that you keep listening, not only to this podcast, but keep listening to your gut and keep listening to the people around you who love you and who you know want your best self to exist in the world who want you to reach your full potential because it's more people than you might realize. And that one person who's dragging you down does not have all the power. You do. Next time on the Narcissism Podcast, we'll be discussing the overt versus the covert narcissist and how to spot those red flags. I want to thank you for joining in for this short episode and I look forward to the next Thank you.